Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I'm in the studio. I'm a day late, but it's the last day of 2020. And I'm joined in studio by my former producer and and my wife, Hannah Hogan. Can't believe you brought me back in. How I failed you this year. <laughs> Probably the worst all-time producer. It is a good thing that I'm not on your management team in terms of your career. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm hot and cold. <laughs> well, I um I had a few requests to bring you back. Mm. You know, and I thought, well, let's do an episode. And, uh, you know, I think people get bored of just listening to me talk sometimes. Yeah. I've told you that before. But <laughs> 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 Sorry. But I enjoy it. I mean, I've enjoyed. Um, I had one guy email me and tell me to stop playing so much music. And uh, so he said, I feel like you playing music is you making up for not being prepared. And I was like, wow, Whoa. I was like, wow, way to be spot on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. There needs to be a little bit of format to podcasts. I am an avid podcast listener. I listen to all types of podcasts. And I think the thing that annoys me most is like dithering on a podcast. Um, so I like structure. I like format. I like segments. I like even, even a, a scripted narrative I'm okay with. I, that, that's definitely not what you do here. I also like all those things as well, but I like a free flow. I like to tell stories, and that's why I, I like it alone because um, a podcast that I listen to and it has too many people on it and they're all trying to get a joke in and they're all talking over each other, I'll cut those off quick. Uh, the main thing that will make me not listen to a podcast is is bad sound. If it's hard to hear, I'm out. And so I like I like people that just they get into it and talk about it. So this is the year end review. I think is what I want to do. We didn't write down a lot of stuff, but 2020 has been you know obviously a wild year. Everybody's going to be talking about 2020 mainly. I think the point, and I don't want it to, I don't want this to be morbid and I don't want this to be like unhappy, but I just mainly want to say that just because tomorrow it's going to be 2021, it doesn't mean anything will be different. It never does. Uh, this is, uh, we, cr we, ma we created the calendar. It's a man-made calendar and the changing of the day does not change anything. That being said, I feel like I've done this same podcast before now that I'm saying these things. Well, that, you stand by your convictions. Yeah, I mean, and that being said, though, don't let that demotivate you, right? Like, if you want to start working out on the first, okay, do it. Yeah, I'm a big um, advocate of um, quarterly resolutions. So... Instead of saying, all right, for the next 12 months, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. What I like to do is I say, all right, well, until April, I'm going to do this. Um, and then in April, I'll reassess and maybe give myself a new objective. Like I like to have like four month goals. So instead, because I just, I just think it's a little overwhelming to to hold yourself accountable to something you say in December, you don't even know what May's bringing. Yeah, no idea. I mean, especially with a year like this, uh, I remember being in Sarasota, Florida. I had walked pretty pretty far to get myself some cigars because the the prior week I was in uh, Detroit, Michigan, or where was I at? Just north of Detroit. I forget what that city's called. Grand Rapids at the Comedy Castle. I don't know. I forget what that, Royal Oak, Michigan. That's where I was at. And it was so cold. It was freezing. I, I was working with Todd Riley, but they were, they were, and the cigar bar was staying open for us. So we would go have cigars in there, but then you would leave and it was like unbelievably cold. The next week I'm in Sarasota, Florida, way down South. It's warm. It's nice. I'm doing shows with Connor Larson and then I'm coming back and I'm sitting outside alone, uh, having cigars. Um, and, and it was great. So I walk there to get these cigars and I'm walking back. I'm talking to you on the phone and I say, and my calendar 
is like booked up. Like 2020 is like booked solid. And I remember saying to you, I said, I was like, I don't know what we were talking about, finances. And I was like, listen, as long as nothing crazy happens, we're fine, right? And then what happened? Something crazy. The pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I flew back from Sarasota in in early March, and you picked me up from the airport with a mask and rubber gloves on, and I laughed at you. And then we got shut down, and I didn't leave for two months. Yeah. Yeah, this was the year of unprecedented events. And I will say, though, being an anxious person who's constantly catastrophizing in my head, and I've been like that for years, I was ready. This was this did not come as a shock to me, and I feel like I actually anticipated this and believed in this way more before it actually went, up, went down because I was like, yeah, something bad going to happen. Well, I did, and I'm like, yeah, see, I told you. Well, I've been ready for all of this, too. I mean, I've been saying this stuff for years, and people have been calling me a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, no, something's going down. <laughs> Something is going down. And that's why I'm saying, I don't mean that. I, I'm sure things will begin to get better, but uh, I don't, it's just because it's 2021 doesn't mean that suddenly people are going to be like, hey, don't wear masks anymore. I mean, I'm saying that right now, but people aren't going to start saying that all of a sudden. It blows my mind when I see people on social media being like, 2020 is going to be my year. I'm like, did you not just live through this year? It's not going to be 20, any. 2021. 2021 is going to yeah. be my year. I'm like, dude, you'd be lucky just to just survive 2021. I mean, just keep your goals humble. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to turn it up this year. No one's going to stop me. I'm going to be fierce. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to be a bad bitch. It's like, are you though? Or are you going to be stuck inside your house and calling Kroger to bring your groceries to you? Yeah, because I want to tell you, there's nothing more exhilarating than walking through a grocery store maskless right now. Because I, I've, I've read a lot of studies about asymptomatic spread, and it doesn't seem to be a thing. It's never been a thing my entire life, and it doesn't seem to be a thing now. The only virus I know that you can spread and not show any symptoms is like, what, HIV? But you still have to do a thing to spread that. Yeah. <laughs> right? You don't just breathe that. Yeah. And I don't know all the viruses. I think you can get warts without seeing a wart. I think warts have more to do with something going on in your stomach, though. Oh, or, really? Or a frog peeing on your hand. Well, HPV, that's kind of a nasty subject matter. but Yeah. So, but let's talk some positives. Yeah. What have been some positive moments of 2020? Well, do you want me to recap kind of my journey? Or... Yeah. Because I fail, or do you want me to just do like pop culture positive moments? No, no. Let's uh, let's recap your journey. I think okay. that sounds fun, and but let's not you know let's not get deep too deep okay. or sad. But I think a recap of your journey uh, because I think it's interesting. Then after that, we'll do a little where we've been, where we're going, and um, we'll end on some some highlights. I don't know how long your this highlights. Is. I don't know how long this. I'll is try to keep. Take. I'll I'll do the abbreviated version. Well. You know, when the lockdown happened in March, it wasn't a huge adjustment for me because I had already basically self-imposed a lockdown on myself in May 2019. Um, but, but tell us about that. What do you yeah. mean by that? Right. Well, so um, I was a stand-up comedian for years here in Nashville, and I traveled a lot. I drove all over the country, hundreds of thousands of miles all over the place for about two and a half years and um, didn't get a lot of sleep. Very stressful lifestyle, very hard on me. And ba by May 2019, basically had a mental breakdown. I'm trying to keep it light, but I basically did have a pretty pretty serious uh, breakdown. And I canceled all my gigs, and I pretty much swore off comedy forever. Uh, not trying to be dramatic, but that is what happened. I had a pretty rough and fragile summer in 2019. Um, and I just didn't want to do comedy anymore. And to a certain extent, I still don't. And I still, I haven't been doing comedy this whole time. Um, so, yeah, and that was a huge transition for me because I'd spent basically 12 years, my entire adult life in the entertainment industry, uh, being an actress, being a comedian, and then it was like, phew, done. And so in fall 2019, I got a part-time job at Andrew Jackson's Hermitage, and I wore a... 1830s dress and did um, tours of Andrew Jackson's house here in Nashville 
which is a really good job for me. I love history, um, public speaking. It was a part-time job, really low key. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of my kind of like healing, I guess, but I was still pretty fragile going into 2020. Uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I was just kind of like, what is my life? What am I doing? You know, I'm mid thirties, done with my career, married, living the domestic housewife life. Um, and I will say all through this, Dusty's been super supportive. I mean, I was pretty emotional, uh, especially last year and it was really hard. And I think it was really hard for him, but he was really loving, really caring, really compassionate. And so we were all good in that way. Um, and so I just continued to have my part-time job and I was still creative at the, uh, you know, throughout all this, I was writing short stories and essays, um, because I just, so much of my identity was wrapped up into being creative. I couldn't just not be creative at all. It just sort of felt like I was being lazy or I didn't even know, like, but the problem with writing for me is that, you know, it's an introspective, very solitary kind of, um, uh, art. And sometimes that would kind of exhaust me and wear me down in its own way. So I, I would deal with burnout and I guess mixtures of depression, and anxiety during those kinds of, uh, writing seasons. So it was just difficult, difficult. I mean, tw the beginning of 2020, it was just hard. And, uh, my brother lives in China. He lives in Beijing. So in January, he starts telling me how he's locked down. And I'm like, this is a weird thing that's happened in China. But I was basically getting a play-by-play -play what was happening in China. Um, and I, you know, I felt like I could slowly see it coming to us. Um, and then it did. Um, and it, you know, as everybody knows here in America, it seemed like it just happened at once. Like it was sort of like a whisper and almost like a joke until March and then boom, it shut down. And, um, so in a lot of ways, you know, my life didn't change very much in terms of, you know, what I was doing day to day. I was no longer traveling. So I was already at home. Um, I had a part-time job and I did get laid off from that, but you know, other than that, like I was, you know, it was pretty, pretty low key. And, you know, I was scared like everybody, you know, I just, I was really, really, really paranoid. I was dealing with a lot of panic and worry and anxiety. Um, but one of the things that I did do this year that has been so key to my, you know, mental and spiritual health and emotional health was, um, I started to make more friends. I think when I was an actress and comedian, I was so preoccupied with, you know, my career or my work and traveling, I just really didn't have a lot of time to develop friendships. And now that I was, you know, landlocked, I really did start to um, meet more people, meet more women that were like me. And I joined a church this year and that's been really amazing. And I think that along with just good old fashioned rest and not pushing myself and not trying to like, you know, vie for, you know, worldly attention and glory all just kind of calm my ego and my soul down a little bit. And by the summer, I was just starting to feel a little bit more like myself. Um, and yeah, and I guess that's just kind of where I'm at now. I think, you know, is I wouldn't say like 2020 has been good to me because I, I went through all the same things everyone went through. Um, you know, with Dusty's job, a lot of uncertainties because he travels and stuff like that. But, um, I am ultimately, I, it was a good rest year, very restorative. Um, I've learned to balance, you know, my, um, creative energies and my self care and like putting that as a priority and just learning, like you can't push yourself. You can't, you can't push yourself. You got to sleep. You got to, you got to take care of yourself before you do anything else. And so, so ultimately, I'm, I'm going into 2021 um, rested. I feel better mentally. I feel better spiritually. I have such a great um, network of people in my life that um, hold me up and hold me accountable. And, and, I, and I feel the same. I hope I do the same for them. And um, I'm working on a podcast with my friend, um, Ashley Corby. We're going to do a podcast about uh, relationships and dating called I Got Dumped. So that's going to be coming out in 2021 and just doing fun projects, not because I want to be famous, but just because I like doing things. And, um, 
yeah, so that's kind of been my journey. I, I feel like that's kind of, I probably skipped over a lot of stuff, Dusty, but that's sort of been where I'm at. So it's like 2019 was my sort of <laughs> crisis and uh, 2020 was just the break. I, I mean, I, I was already taking and it was just sort of a prolonged break, but in a way it was nice because it didn't put any pressure on me to do anything because you, you really can't do a lot in 2020 a lot of the time. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, and, you know, I think the thing that I want to try to talk about 2020 is positive things that did happen. But in that, I'm going to start with a negative thing. All right, I'm going to start with a negative thing. Throughout this, my friend Clint Knorr died. And uh, I don't think Clint had COVID. Clint had some sort of lung disease. Uh, I forget what it's called. Cystic fibrosis. Yes. And he had gone to the Bahamas to do comedy with the Comedy Zone, and then he came back home and died the next day. Very sad. Good friend of mine. Um, and it made me think about how I have these friends that I consider good friends but don't call enough, don't communicate with enough. And then when they die, you're like, wow, I never get to talk to that person again. And it's a bummer because me and Clint started doing comedy together. We weren't necessarily friends in the beginning, but we started doing comedy together. He used to come to my open mic in Charleston. And uh, as a bit of a bummer, we lost a lot. And, and you know, and it's like um, I would see him in New York. Actually, when I um, did The Tonight Show the first time, I was, you know, I was in New York to do that. And after uh, the show, I met up with a bunch of friends and we all gathered in um in a bar uh we found an empty bar and we got them to change the channel to the tonight show and we watched me and i watched it with a bunch of my friends uh from charleston and i don't know exactly who was there i want to say uh evan burke sam yakel Derek humphrey and clint were all there but i don't want to leave anyone out but i think that's who it was and we all gathered together and watch me on The Tonight Show. And that was a lot of fun because those were people that I started doing comedy with. But um, that being said, um, 2020 uh, in the beginning was super weird for me. But then, you know, the first, when we got locked down, I'm like, oh, no, the whole world is locked down. And I would be at home at night like on CBD and uh, trying to watch The Office and just be like, I would just be like, what is the point the whole world is locked down, and I'm trying to just sit in here and laugh. So it was difficult at first. But then, you know, we had just bought a house in late 2019. And, you know, I had been gone. We bought it in November, and I was, like, gone most of all of December, most all of January, most all of February, and most all of the first half of March. And suddenly, here I am, able to enjoy the house that we bought. Now, unsure of things now because we have a mortgage and we're in debt, uh, and now I don't have a job, but happy to be in the house and not the apartment that we were in uh, where people wouldn't even talk to us in the elevator. Um, now they would be yelling at me every day to wear a mask, and I would be on YouTube uh, with people filming me and me being very polite going, oh, I'm just – I'm sorry, I'm just trying to breathe in oxygen. My face was designed in a way to not have an obstruction over my nostrils so that the air could just flow straight through. And I, I'm sorry that I'm not putting something over to stop that airflow. And they're like yelling at me, you don't care about anybody in this building. And I'm like, oh, I just, no, I just, I'm just trying to breathe. I'm, it's not really a selfish thing, but I just, I'm just trying to breathe. And they're like, you don't care about my grandmother. And I'm like, I don't even really know your grandmother. And so what if you don't care about your person's grandmother? But also, can you tell me a bit about your grandmother? What What is she up to? I mean, what's her life all about? I mean, uh, is she a nice person? You know I, what I mean? I don't understand why people pretend like we're all not super selfish. I yeah, mean, everybody's like... I, in, I can honestly say I probably don't care about someone's grandma in New York. Well, right? in 2019, no one cared about their grandmothers. And now in 2020, everybody's got to care about everybody else's grandmothers. I mean, I remember watching people, they're like, these old people need to just die. And now they're dying and they're like, you don't care about them. And it's like, uh, so anyway, so uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that we moved into a house. I got to know my neighbors. 
we had a cul-de-sac party where we socially distanced and had a fire at one point. We got to know some of our neighbors really well. It's great. Um, I got, uh, as comedy has begun to open back up, I've gotten to make some new friends and I've got to work with some, some comics. I, I got to know the comedian, uh, Ralph Barbosa out of, uh, Dallas, Texas. And then he came and did my show here, um, in Nashville. It was great. I got to work with Barry Laminac again. Um, I got to work with, uh, Tanvir in San Antonio. And then he recommended an Indian restaurant for us here in Nashville that we went to. Um, I got, I got to uh, work with Chance Willie and Jake Rubel and uh, Connor Larson. Uh, I got to work with those guys, do more comedy with them, got to know them better. Uh, Evan Burke moved from L.A. Uh, one of my longest friends, Evan Burke, moved from L.A. back to Atlanta and then came and stayed with us for a while. And now he's getting his own apartment here in Nashville. And his girlfriend's going to move here with him. And... Uh, that's all great things. I did a storytelling uh, live stream on Instagram for a while. A couple of weeks I did it, but got a lot of comics on there. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun until social media blew up in a weird way that wouldn't allow for people to really post normal stuff on there for a while. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not do this. Um, but that was a lot of fun for a while. Um, I got, I set up some bird feeders, some bird houses. I got to know the birds. I mean, not personally, Bought but some I, land. Yeah, I'm getting to it. Okay. I got to, um, I did some, you know, I got to learn about plants. I grew squash that I ate. Um, do we grow any other plants that we ate? It was, we just had basically a quarter acre of squash. Yeah. We had so much squash. We didn't know what to do with it. I got, I grew a sunflower. Um, I had hummingbirds come to my plants. I got a woodpecker out there. I got cardinals. I got finches. I got, uh, uh, I don't know. I got all kinds of birds. It's amazing. We have, uh, uh, and then we had some rabbits, deer, had a bunch of turkeys out there one day. Yeah. I mean, so, and then we went on the journey to buy land. And in this journey to buy land, we started going all over Tennessee. What was that small, the... Uh, Tennessee's own Mayberry. Remember that town? We went to that small town, and then we went out Linville? to... No, no, no. We went out to that... Um, oh. The resort? Yeah. We went out to a resort out there. Gal, It's not Gatlinburg, but it's like... Oh, here. Let me look it up. Gain, uh, Gainsboro. Gainsboro. I don't know if that's it. But. but, yeah, we went out to that town and sat at a resort. Um, we really... We went to Linville, where we met uh, the New York child molester. Um, I'd like to tell that story again. I know we've told it on the podcast before, but... Granville. Granville, yeah. But we were in Linville, in the town of Linville, looking at some land. And we had all, we pulled into this driveway. I know I've already told this story before, but I, I think it's a fun one. I'd like to tell it again. And we pull into this land that we're looking at, and it's an old house on the land. It's taken us a long time to find it because there's no real address. It's just land. So we pass by this trailer and a street called Screamer Road, and then we go on down a little bit, and we go, oh, that's it. So we pull into the driveway. There's an old abandoned house there. I mean, it's so old. There's a tree growing up out of the broken wood on the front porch and it's grown up and it's almost supporting the roof of the porch and then it's growing curved ways around it and then there's mountains behind the house looks like some old shed on the other side of the creek we like the land but we're like this is probably not for us but we like it so we say hey let's just go get back in the car and as we go to get back in the car this truck this dually pulls up behind us and he's got graphics painted all over the side of his truck. Like, you know, he's like, uh, let's call him, let's call him Mike Smith. It's Mike Smith. You know, he's a wedding DJ. He does parties. He does karaoke. He does it all. He pulls up, pulls in behind us. And I'm not worried about it. I figure this is just some local friendly dude. So I pull him and I go, hey, yeah, we're just looking at the land. We saw it somewhere. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to get this land. I looked at it too. And. You know, and this guy is, 
inside the truck is a weird smell. He's got a pretty nice dog, but a lazy dog just laid in the center console. Looks a little drugged, really. Yeah, the dog does look drugged. And then he's got some cages in the uh, in the extended cab part. And then he has got real bad teeth and looked like he used to be real fat, but now has lost a bit of weight, is still heavy, but got a lot of extra skin. And he's just sitting in there, and he's talking, and he's like, yeah, I've been wanting to get this land myself. And, you know, we're talking. Then he's talking about stuff he wants to do for the house, and he's like, I'd like to do this and this and get that house going. And then Hannah was like, oh, we won't be living in the house. And then I felt like it crushed his dreams a little bit. But we start talking, and he says, you know, I'm from – New York, I've been living down here for a while. I moved down here, and he, you know, told me all about his ex-wife and, you know, type of guy that's ready to unload a story on you pretty quick. And uh, and then he said, uh, uh, I'm from Syracuse. And I go, oh, I was just up in Syracuse because I was. Uh, at the time, I had just done the Syracuse Funny Bone, which I had a lot of fun there. I went to a Syracuse basketball game. That was something. I don't know if that was this year or late last year. Um Nevertheless, I was like, oh, I was just up there. And he goes, well, what do you do? What do you, what were you up there for? And I go, well, I do comedy. And then he cuts the truck off. That's a sure sign of we're about to talk for a minute. And then he gets his business cards out and he hands me one. He goes, oh, well, I'm also a booking agent. So, you know, you never know where you're going to pick up a booking agent at, you know. And so we talk and Hannah tells him that I have an agent. She's like, don't, don't get any ideas, but Mike Smith. And so um, we talk for a while, and I'm about ready to be done with the conversation. I mean, Keep he, in mind, he's blocking us from leaving. Yeah, he's blocking us from leaving. He's telling us he's just recorded an album. He's about to release a gospel album, and he raises dogs. He's got a lot of dogs. And turns out he lives in the trailer next to Screamer Road. His trailer is right there. So that this will be our neighbor. So we're about ready for this conversation to end. And then I look down the road, and there's two old people coming. They're not old, old, I would say late 60s, early 70s. They start walking down the road, a gray-haired woman, a gray-haired man with a handlebarred mustache. And I say, oh, those people coming for you. I say this to Mike. I go, these people coming for you? And he goes, yeah, like he gets wide-eyed. He's like, oh, they own the land. They'll tell you about it. And he cranks the truck up and drives off. And the woman at this point has already reached us. So I say to her, I go, oh, hey, you know, we saw this land on a listing and we're just down here looking at it. And then Mike pulled up and we were just talking to him. And that, the guy in, a, in the distance goes, oh, he ain't nobody. That's a New York child molester is what he is. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I don't know him. He just pulled up and his name was on the side of his truck. We were, we were just talking to him. And then they got real friendly with us. Yeah, and then they're trying to pitch us on their land because they're the owners of the land. They're trying to tell us all about this land. But it's like, look, you're trying to get us to sell your land. Maybe don't tell us our neighbor's a New York child molester. Yeah. And it's just common business sense. <laughs> yeah. And Hannah likes to say she couldn't tell if they were more offended that he was a child molester or that he was from New York. Yeah, because when Dusty told them that I was from Canada, they looked noticeably upset. Yeah. They were like, oh. Because I was like, because Linville's real close to Alabama. And I was like, yeah, I grew up in Alabama. And uh, my wife here, she's from Canada. And they, because I like to say that because usually people will have some kind of fun reaction. Yeah, there's not a lot of Canadians down here. You know, I'm a little bit exotic. Yeah, it's, it's usually a fun reaction, but. They were not having it. No, they were like, they just kept talking to Dusty. Yeah. And her name was Edna, which is my mom's name. And the guy's name was Rick or Rich, which is my dad's name. Yeah. But we got out of there pretty quick after that. Yeah. They we were told, like, no, nah, we ain't going to buy that land. They told us we could tour the top of it because I had a little mountain with it. And they said there's a little driveway on the side we could go up. But we drive a, you know, we were viewing the land. We're driving the Toyota Corolla. And so we bottomed out uh, on the Corolla trying to get up that mountain. I was like, let's just get out of here. I was like, we got a child molester and we got this other weird family coming out of the woods here. I was like, I'm, I'm not trying to get stuck out here. Yeah. So we ended up buying some land in Mc, McMinnville. And we have neighbors out there named uh, Donald and Peggy. 
and uh, yep. they've been they've been showing us around. So, so you that know, was pretty fun. We bought some land, and then I've gotten to do a lot of fun comedy. In May, I went out. Let's just give a little recap. In May, I went out uh, early on. I'm going to say this maybe for the last time, and because no one cares, but I got a call from my management uh, about a gig. This was after two months of lockdown. This is like everybody. I mean, this is like when everybody's, you know, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I don't believe that there's a virus and I'm not saying that everybody else doesn't believe it. But what I'm saying is this was a time when we all still believed everything was real, right? Uh, You know what I mean? I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I'm saying at this time in April, everybody was still terrified. We were like, it's deadly for everyone. Right. Every time. So I got a call and they were like, listen, you got a gig at, at, in Dallas uh, and they're willing to, you know, they, they want to move it up. They want to see if you'll come now at 25% capacity. And I was like, uh, yes, I will. And uh, because I was ready to do comedy. I was ready to get out of the house. I was ready. I needed to make money. This is my job. I don't have a different job. I'm not, comedy's not a hobby for me. It's not like I was like, let's go out and do an open mic. I was like, no, I actually need to make money. So yes, I will take the gig. So I flew to Dallas. Yeah, and and his, you know, wife is dang, and like just coming out of the mental asylum, she's not working. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, it's like, we got bills to pay and we're not on some employer health insurance where we get to stay at home and work. Right. We're literally paying all of our own bills. Right. We got no unemployment. No, we did get a stimulus check. And one. Uh, we did. We got two. We got you got one. I got one. Oh, okay. Didn't know. I used that to buy a camera. And uh, Dusty uh, won't let me look at our finances. He, he, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So I went out in Dallas and that was awesome. And then uh, after, oh, yeah, and my friend Alec Parent, who I had met, uh, uh, you know, like through the social medias, um, he's the one that got me on TikTok. So, oh, that's another success story. Let's stay story. on this story, though. Okay. Uh, Alec Parent came out and um, to Dallas, and it featured for me, and it was great. I mean, we did three shows that were really fun, 25% capacity. The Thursday show was weak. Friday and Saturday, we sold out at capacity. It was a blast. And then I thought I was sick on Sunday, and then I came home, and then the moment I got home, I was fine. I didn't never felt sick again. And then I went to Huntsville with Aunt Aaron and Connor. That was great. I went to Oklahoma City with Connor and uh, Lenny Van Horn. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then I did, oh, I went to Salt Lake City, um, uh, in, in, in all, in that May, June period. You got some vertigo in there too. I got vertigo while I was in Salt Lake City. I got real dizzy. I had never experienced anything like that before. Um, you know, I've been through a world of, of quote unquote sicknesses during this pandemic and not one of them is COVID. So I'm like, that's the least of my worries. I'm worried about keeping my balance and keeping my stomach in check, which feels very good, by the way. Um, so I did all of those. After two months of lockdown, I did those four gigs, and I was like, comedy is back, baby. We're doing it. I'm going around, I'm going around the country. Most people aren't wearing masks. It's not some weird masked up world out here. And then boom, second shutdown happens. Everybody's calling this the second wave. I already remember the second wave. We live in Tennessee and they're saying we have the most COVID cases per capita in the world. Second wave comes in. Suddenly everybody's wearing masks. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm already over it. But so from June, the second half of June, all of July, first half of August, no gigs. At this point was the lowest. At this point, I'm thinking we're never going to do comedy again. Yeah, and I got a day job. I actually went out and got a job while my husband was sitting at home. Uh, I had uh, a, a lady named Dee Burdett from uh, Pasadena. She ran the Icebox in Pasadena. She messaged me, and she said, I'm traveling with Kate Quigley, and we're looking for someone to do 10 minutes in front of Kate at the Broken Spoke. Do you know anyone? 
in in the Nashville area. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm pretty bored. I haven't done comedy in a little while. I'll do it. So I went out to the Broken Spoke, talked with D, met Kate. I'd never met her before. Um, we were having a fun time. And then I go up to do 10 minutes. And I bombed. Like I've not bombed in years. Yeah, you came home pretty uh, pretty disgruntled. And I, I, I mean, and then Brian Bates called me. I, I don't think Brian Bates has physically called me on the phone since then. And I think he wishes he never would have called me that day. I mean, we've talked, <laughs> but I was like, that was at my, my lowest. I was ready to quit comedy. I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know. I mean, it was such a bummer um, that in mid-August when I got the offer to go to the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island, East Providence, Rhode Island. I was like, I don't really want to do it. But I, I was like, I'm going to do it because I need to make money. But I, I didn't want to do it. And I went up that Friday and I did that first show and it felt so good. I had the physical body buzz inside of me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is why I do it. And I did, I did four shows that weekend, really fun. And then I got booked at, um, I'm just doing this all off memory, but I got, I got uh, Good Nights uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was a lot of fun. You went to Atlanta in there too. I went to Atlanta to the Punchline in September. Oh, and then it, and then it starts to get a little, a little shaky on where I went because actually the gig started to pile up. I was doing quite a few. Yeah. You've been pretty busy since October. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to you a lot during this, like where you get kind of disillusioned. And I don't know, I you you were you'd always kind of go through that a little bit even before the pandemic. Just it's just sort of natural when you do a show and it's not where you want it to be. And you know, you're just sort of disenchanted with what you thought was your passion and your love of comedy. But I always know that you end up going back on stage and connecting with the audience and you truly do love being on stage you oh, really yeah. do enjoy making people I laugh really so do. i know that even if you hate everything around it um whenever you're on stage you you do enjoy it i do enjoy it oh here's a couple more i went to lexington kentucky to comedy off broadway i went to gutty's comedy club in greenwood indiana I went to Cincinnati Funny Bone, which is in Lib the Liberty Funny Bone. Uh, I don't know which is considered Cincinnati or Liberty. I went to Columbus Funny Bone. Yeah, I went there with you. Um, yeah, to both of those you did. Yeah, I went to Ohio twice. And I met I met some friends, some 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 fans uh, that I consider friends now uh, on the road. It was a lot of fun. And this is probably blowing some people's minds, the amount of traveling and moving around and socializing we did. But, And I get that this blows people's minds because my whole family and a ton of my friends live in Canada. And Canada's super locked down. And I think as a whole, the Canadian people are down with the lockdown. Like there's not these kinds of sectarian divisions and ideological differences like there are in America. So like when I talk to my people in Canada, they just... I mean, it's like incomprehensible that clubs are even open, gyms are even open, restaurants. But I will say, you know, I think it's just, I, re I really think like people's experience of the pandemic is so reliant on who's in their bubble. If you're hanging out with people that um, are really scared and, you know, terrified and want to lock down indefinitely until everybody gets a vaccine and who knows even more after that, like you're... You're going to live that kind of secluded lifestyle. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong or proper, but, you know, we are living in Tennessee and it's always been a little bit more open than the rest of the country. And I'm around a community of people that are not afraid. And so I don't feel afraid and I don't, I don't live in that way. And this is the volunteer state. Yeah. And I'm volunteering to not participate in. Yeah. There's plenty of people <laughs> around, like I know people in Tennessee that, you know, call us super spreaders and stuff like that, but it's... No one calls me that or Hannah that. Well, but I mean, I just think that... 
I just I want, I just want that to be cleared up. No one's oh. calling. No one's calling me that. Well, I just get that. Like, I just think you can't fake the funk either way. If you're it, scared, you're scared. If you're not scared, you're not scared, and you can't live totally. like you're scared. And so, but they say you that can't convince someone one way or the other. They say fear does weaken the immune system. So that's why I feel like it's important to not be afraid. And I've had friend, a lot of friends get it. Uh, and a lot of friends, uh, I think all of those friends that I've had that got it all survived and are all fine. Yeah. Now I had some people who's like, you know, I had a guy just in Huntsville this past weekend, which is where we've been, where we're going, where they going, where they been, where they going. I was just in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live, and I had a guy come up to me after the show. There was three guys. They were very annoying. Um, they were, you know, they were really drunk, talking throughout the show, making jokes, uh, making weird laugh noises. And and after the show, the guy comes up to me and he goes, Oh, I really needed this. He goes, My wife died of COVID after we've been married like 27 years. And I'm like, so I'm not saying things aren't real, right? I believe this man's wife died of COVID, and I believe that he's sad about it. But life must go on. As the old Pink Floyd song used to say, the show must go on. I mean, it all must go on. Life must continue. So I'm out here continuing life. People, are, my understanding is that more people have died in 2019 than died in 2020. So whether it was the virus that takes us out or car accidents, ODs, gun violence, no matter what's taking people out, I do think it's a cause for celebration that less people have died. Unless you're one of those people who thinks that the world is overpopulated and you're so happy to see uh, a thinning of the herd. Um, that's not what I subscribe to. I don't think the world is overpopulated at all. But I think it's a celebration that less people have died this year. Uh, so that's just positives. I'm just trying to be positive, but I want to talk about Huntsville here real quick. Had a great time in Huntsville stand up live. I took, um, Jake Rubel who I had just met this year while working at Gutty's, and we had a really great time. He, he, he did a great job. And, um, and then my friend Evan Burke, who, uh, has been living with me. He's been hosting at comedy bar here in Nashville all week, all month. Um, he went down and hosted, did a great job. Um, so, I mean, it's just exciting. It was exciting. We did, uh, four shows, five shows, four shows. We did cancel one. We canceled the late Sunday, the second show Sunday. I don't think anyone showed up. We didn't have, we didn't have super low turnouts, but nobody wanted to come to a late show Sunday. Uh, and I saw, uh, two high school friends, uh, Johnny Barry and Amber Chambly came uh, that's not her last name anymore she got married uh but they came to the show and i haven't seen them i saw johnny a couple of times he hung out at my house a little bit after high school in fact he got into a fight in my living room uh, after high school and then amber i probably haven't seen since high school which is 20 years ago i graduated high school in 2010 i went to my high school now i quit drinking in 2012 so keep that in mind. So 2010 was about the peak worst of my drinking. I was almost the most overweight. My, I had the bowl cut. I was pretty heavy, very sweaty. So I was just sweating the whole time. I kept going to the bathroom to get paper towels to dry the sweat off my head. But I still had a good time at the reunion, but I was like really looking forward to a 2020 reunion where I'm like, I'm like skinnier and I'm not sweating so much. And I got some, you know, I got some accomplishments that I'm proud of. So I was really looking forward to that. But so that's a negative that the, the pandemic took for me. Yeah. The gloating. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, hey, 2030, right? Agenda 2030 will be here soon and that'll be my 30 year reunion. <laughs> All right. So. Um, I want to talk about TikTok, though. I mean, I was just met my friend Alec Parent. Um, at the beginning of this thing, he said, you should try. He texted me. He said, you should try TikTok. I was like, I don't think so. He goes, he goes, dude, I'm just posting stand-up videos on there, and I'm having a lot of success. 
And so I looked through my phone and I had a few videos I had edited out. So I thought, all right, I'll throw these up there. And one of them reached 300,000 very quickly. So I was like, okay. So I got into it. So over the pandemic, I learned a bit more about editing. I got better as an editor. Uh, I learned about uh, recording video. I bought a new camera and a microphone, and I learned about that. I've got the capability now to do a video of my podcast, although I've not done it. Um, and we've created a new studio here. So it's not all negatives. No, I mean, this year this year has been definitely challenging, but I think that it taught me personally to um, deepen my faith in God to get outside my own selfish worries and reconnect with friends near and far, um, to try to be more of a comfort to my husband, because I feel like the shock you experienced with, you know, a career on the up and up, and then all of a sudden just locked down and full of uncertainty. I mean, that's hard, you know, and you have a lot of financial stuff on your shoulders. I mean, it's on both of us essentially, but you're the, you know, the bread maker or whatever. And I just think, I think they call that a winner. A bread winner. You're the bread maker. <laughs> <laughs> you're making bread out here. And yeah, I mean, it's as, just. As the old school fans would say, I'm the, uh, I'm the fudge winner. I'm, yeah. making, I'm out here making that fudge. I would say, you know, like. Fudge. I would say it's also even just recently because I've gotten into, you know, COVID arguments and discussions with people that, you know, disagree with our perspective on COVID. And, um, and it's, it's sad because I have noticed even in my own family and in friends, families, this has been a real, um, embitterment for my, a lot of families. It's really kind of my perspective just is not so much on COVID. My perspective is on freedom. That's where I'm at. Like, I don't, again, I'm not saying that I don't believe it. I'm just saying I'm not willing to give up all my freedom uh, so that something that I'm not quite sure of can can play out. I was willing to do, I, when I saw the world shutting down, I'm like, I'm willing to do two weeks to slow the spread, but like, or flatten the curve or whatever. But now it's like, it's like, come on, when do we end? Like, I, I like... To, I want to ask people, you know, just like, how long will you wear the mask? How long will you do the things? Because if it's just reliant on someone finally telling you, okay, now you can take off the mask, then who's to say that the people that wish to control us uh, will never tell us that? Well, I just think these are basically different worldviews. I mean, that's the problem with, with this big issue. It's not like America wasn't super divided before this. I mean, you know, or the world wasn't really increasingly becoming polarized in its beliefs. I I think what I'm trying to learn to do is sadly not engage. I mean, when you recognize that someone just fundamentally thinks and sees the world differently than you, I, I'd rather just not even engage or even low-key make it seem like I agree with them because the rancor that that comes from conversations like that is just really saddens me and it and I don't want to argue with people that I care about and I don't want this issue to be you know the mountain that you know our relationships start to crumble on and I don't know if that's the right way to say that but that sounds good you know I'm just trying to learn how to have compassion on what other people think and feel while not abandoning you know how I want to live my life and I think that's the real struggle for America is you have so much freedom and it's ingrained in America's DNA to basically live the kind of life you want and you're afforded these you know these rights um but then you know then it comes into the question of duty and you know well it's good for everybody and it, and it gets very complicated well, so i don't know i don't i'm still yeah. working through it yeah i mean well i i want to just finish with huntsville i had a great time i met some good people there too i met a family i don't know any of their names but it was a husband wife and then their three kids who are all out of college two of them went to uh, auburn and they knew a guy i went to high school with named seth clayton and uh, i talked to them for a while they recommended a restaurant to us what was that restaurant called that we went to Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We went to uh, Goodlands. Goodlands in Madison, Alabama. We went. It was very good. 
so I want to, if they do listen to the podcast, I want to appreciate the recommendation. And if there are new listeners, my, my, uh, viewing, my, my downloads have been going up every week. Every week we have more and more downloads. I hope this episode is not depressing, but how do you do a year in review of 2020 without being a little depressing and have your wife on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I'm always making things deeper <laughs> and more thought through. I love to repeat points five to 10 times in one podcast. But I do have a lot of stories uh, lined up as as we go into the new year. I got I got a lot of stories that I want to tell. I forgot there's a story about a time me and my mom went on a cruise, and I don't know if I've ever told that story. So I am going to begin to tell that as the weeks go on. But just to finish the where we've been, where we're going section, uh, I'll be at Zany's on Monday. Uh, that's the new material Monday. I will be there on Monday. And then Tuesday is my show, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. I'm going to have uh, John Hickok on the show of Hickok 45. So if you're a fan of that channel and those people, he'll be on the show. Uh, the show may be sold out. Um, I don't know how it's been affected. It was sold out, but then a dump truck ran through Zanies. Um, so my show got moved to the 25th. So, uh, And then I'll have uh, Ashley Corby on the to show. The 5th. To the 5th. To January 5th, yeah. That'll be Tuesday. And I'll have Ashley Corby on the show, who who is going to be doing a podcast with Hannah coming up. And then I don't have any weekend shows. A lot of my weekends got canceled in January. I'm supposed to be in Portland, Oregon around the 14th and 15th of January. But my New Year's, I was supposed to be in Denver, Colorado right now doing comedy. But that got canceled because Denver is shut down. So I hate that, but it looks like that will be rescheduled um, and any, any date changes that you've seen where it's like, I was supposed to be here and then I, then suddenly I wasn't there. It's all due to stuff happening in those individual states. It's not even a reflection of the clubs so much. It is the states and the cities, but I will be, you know, doing stuff. I'll be at Zany's every Monday, probably as long as I can, because I love that new material Monday. You guys should come too if you live in Nashville. Uh, you never know who will be there, but we've had, you know, in the past, uh, it's John Chris, Nate Bergazzi, Theo Vaughn, Josh Wolf, Kate Quigley, um, and various other people. Steve Byrne, I think, is beginning to move to town. And so it's it's a very good show. And uh, so do come. And Hannah, I want you to tell us a little bit about your new podcast and when that first episode will launch. Great. Thanks, Dusty. Yeah. And I'd also just like to add, you know, Dusty does have a website with plenty of awesome um, T-shirts and hats and CDs for sale. So if you want to support the podcast, you can always buy a little um, buy a little merch. We we pack and box those up ourselves. I'm often the one boxing and mailing them out when Dusty's out of town. We do do that. And I appreciate that plug. But I also... Uh, I never want to get into a thing of really pushing for people to buy my stuff. It is available. That's why I don't try to do uh, specials for the holidays and stuff like that because I'm like, I, I, all my stuff seems more expensive, but I don't charge any shipping. So it's like, I don't know how much, in you know, I don't want to deal with all that. So it's there. If you want to buy it, I'd love to send you something. Okay. Um, yeah, so I am embarking on a new creative project. It's going to be a Christian-centered relationships and dating and breakup podcast called I Got Dumped with Hannah Slay and Ashley Corby. And this is going to be a podcast where the two of us uh, break down basically the issues of modern day dating, where we talk about, you know, anecdotal relationship stories um, different struggles each one of us has had in relationships, um, ranging from baby mamas to codependency, narcissism, addiction. You know, it's going to be a fun kind of show. Um, but it's also going to be a Christian-based yeah. show. So it's like, I don't know how many of these kind of podcasts are out there. I imagine there's quite a few dating podcasts. But this will be a bit of a cleaned-up version of those where, where, you know, you can, you know, listen without... Yeah, like, so I'm Christian, um, and I listen to Christian podcasts. I also listen to non-Christian podcasts, and I can appreciate um, 
all different types of podcasts, all different types of voices. If you are compelling and entertaining and providing me interesting information, I enjoy it. Um, tell that. Tell about the podcast that you've been listening to that you think is fun. Oh, I'll do that in a second. Okay. Um, but I will say, though, uh, as I've deepened my Christian walk, um, when I listen to dating web uh, dating podcasts that are not uh, Christian centered, I just can't really relate because certainly when you are walking with God, you are, you're not necessarily engaging with certain contemporary behaviors and, um, perceptions and, and things like that, that, that people do when they are more secular or at least not trying to follow Jesus. Um, so that's all we want to do. We just want to have more of a Christian perspective on dating and I'm married obviously, but my friend Ashley, um, is dating. And so we have sort of two different perspectives, uh, but that come together to try to help women, try to help men um, navigate kind of a difficult landscape, especially right now during uh, COVID. And yeah, so um, for an example, a, a, a podcast that is not Christian in orientation is called My Ugly Truth Podcast. And it's um, done by a woman in Florida named Angie Malavini. And it's a storytelling podcast. And gosh, she's just so vulnerable and honest on it. And um I'm sure she wouldn't be offended if I said sometimes, you know, especially early podcasts, you sound like a little bit of a train wreck, but you know, that's entertaining. And I really appreciate how honest she is and, and how she kind of lays her life out. And I think that it can be very therapeutic and if not just entertaining for, for people that listen to her podcast. So I find that inspira ins inspirational, even though, you know, she's, she follows more of a new age kind of prescription for, for spirituality. Um, so yeah, My Ugly Truth is a great podcast, but um, our podcast, I Got Dumped, we're just sort of in the middle of recording right now, and we will be putting out episodes um, in January, but you can go ahead and subscribe everywhere podcasts are. So we're on iTunes right now, you can subscribe, you can listen to our trailer, you can follow us on um, Instagram, I Got Dumped on Instagram, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of put that information out there. And, uh, yeah, so that's great. And also, you know, uh, I just want to reiterate if you, uh, you're celebrating new year's tonight and then the, the date changes and it's 2021 and you don't feel any different. Also, according to the Bible, this is not new year's. This is, uh, Jewish people celebrate new year's. I don't know. I feel like they have like two new year's, but Passover in the Bible seems to indicate that it is the first day of the year Passover and and it's not you know when you when you deal with a Hebrew calendar it's not a set thing on paper it's all according to the moon and stars and how what they see and this will become the first day of the year uh, so it varies I've been reading a little bit of that the original Hebrews apparently had a, uh, a, a I don't know a shorter year but every seven years, I think, I don't know, I'd, I just read this the other day, so I'm not exact, but every seven years or every four years, they would have an, a 13th month. And that would be so that the, the seasons wouldn't get so messed up. They would have this added in. But So Passover seems to be the first month. And I've read this, and I read this only in one source. But this is where April Fool's Day came from. Since April, that's when Passover happens, usually round about, uh, April 1st would be the new year, but when they changed it, when the calendar was changed and January became the new year, uh, anybody that celebrated the new year on April 1st, they would call them an April fool. And I only read that from one source, so I don't know that that's true, but I thought that was interesting. So just know that chances are you're not going to feel better tomorrow. You're not going to feel better at midnight. I've had a blast in some New Year celebrations. Really a lot of fun. But they don't change anything. The date doesn't change anything. You have the ability within yourself to change your life any day of the year. So if January 1st, you don't start to feel better, you go, oh, we're just going to have another year like this. You can change the way you live, the way you, the way, everything that you do, you can change any day of the year. I changed my life around at the end of February of 2012, or, or maybe it was the end of January. I would have to look it up again, but I changed my life just on a regular day, and I completely flipped my entire life around. Uh, 
And I feel better ever since. You know, I mean, I still, you know, go through some stuff, still have some problems, but any day of your life can begin the change you want to be. You know, it's like if, if you're never too old, uh, you're not too young, you're not too poor, you're not too dumb, you're not, you're not too, um, you know, you're not too short, you're not too tall, you're not too fat. I mean, any day of your life can begin the new change. And you, you may not, never be a basketball player. You may never be a beautiful singer. But whatever you want to do, you can do it. I love that, Dusty. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know, I mean, that's what I'm all about. Sometimes the podcast can seem a little dark. I get to talking about the Bible and Revelation and the Mark of the Beast. And I'm like, oh, it's a pandemic. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I uh, shouldn't, you don't have to wear a mask. And I get all fired up. Oh, no, and, and I said, I don't care about someone's grandma in New York. And I feel guilty. Right. About we that. get all fired up. Care. And we all say things, but yes, I care about everybody. I've cared about people's grandmothers long before COVID ever existed. I've always cared about old people. Uh, I've always had a weird relationship with old people because I didn't grow up around a lot of, I didn't have grandparents really growing up. Um, but I've always cared about people, but I just want you to know, despite all of the things I've said, uh, ever in any moment of darkness, you, you, you can turn your life around at any point. And personally, I turn my life around with Jesus. I feel like Jesus is the most powerful way to turn your life around. Uh, and it's very easy. You just cry out to Jesus and you say, I want to turn my life around. And it will begin. But even if you're not, you don't want to go down that road. Maybe you don't want to go down a spiritual road. You don't want to go down a Christian road. Uh, you can turn your life around Anytime. It, it doesn't mean it'll be easy, but if you, you know, like me, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a diet journey because my stomach, I have stomach problems, but I notice that when I start to eat better, when I start to eat clean meats, uh, fresh vegetables and fruits, and I cut out fried foods and candy and, and, and all of this other BS, I feel better. So... Uh, you know, when I, journey. when I feel tired and I work out, I feel better when I, uh, feel like I have nasal congestion. I put eucalyptus in my nostrils and I feel better. Um, don't worry. Don't be in a spirit of fear. Don't be in a spirit of worry. You're good. You're healthy. Your body will heal itself if you just get out of its way. If you do some exercise and you eat good things, your body will heal itself. Be free. Be free. Enjoy the freedom that you have. Embrace it. Be free. Breathe whenever you get a chance. Even if you, if you go to work and you have to wear a mask all day, when you get off work, take the mask off, sit somewhere, and take many, many deep breaths through your nostrils. If you just lay on your back and take a bunch of deep breaths, as deep as you can possibly take the breath, and then exhale as much as you can possibly exhale, and then another deep breath, your body will switch into a bit of a meditative state, and you can detox your own body simply by taking deep breaths. Your body needs oxygen. When I'm on an airplane, they tell me, you got to wear the mask. They laugh at you if you say, the mask doesn't obstruct oxygen. They, if you go, I can't breathe, they laugh. Oh, the mask doesn't obstruct oxygen. But then they tell you, in the, in the event of an emergency, oxygen mask will fall from uh, the, the ceiling, and you are to remove your mask and then put the oxygen mask on. Well, if the, if the regular mask didn't obstruct oxygen flow, there would be no need to remove that mask. So it does, and you need oxygen. But if you're in a situation where, where you're either fearful or you have to wear the mask, uh, just do yourself a service and take some deep breaths when you get home. So we will not be selling masks as a part of Dusty's merch. No, no, I never will. And not that, and again, I, I just want it to be made clear. If you're the type of person that you are afraid, you are vulnerable, I'm not going to make fun. I never will judge you or make fun of you for wearing a mask. I just find it insane 
that I'm supposed to wear a mask on the street in some places. I just find it insane. 2020, crazy year. It's a crazy year, but I, I just, uh, I, I appreciate all the listeners that I have. I care about you guys. I care about what you say. When you send emails, again, I may not respond to them all, but I do listen to them. Since that guy emailed me telling me I've been playing too much music, I don't think I've played a single song except the intro song. Since um, um, someone sent me an email the other day offering to pay for a, a, a certain subscription for me to uh, uh, a political service, and I appreciate that. Uh, I'm okay, but I do appreciate it. Uh, some a couple people were requesting for me to come a back. A couple on. of people have requested for Hannah to come back on, and they want to hear what she's been up to. So, uh, brought her back on. I care about you guys. I appreciate you listening, and um, I hope that you do have a happy and safe uh, New Year celebration. Even though I don't believe it's really New Year's, uh, I do hope that you enjoy it. <laughs> And uh, I have many more. I have a whole new year of fun stories to tell and Bible verses to share and uh, the same old complaints to share. Yeah, amen, babe. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we're having a good time. All right.